Gotham Sound is your one-stop audio solution for microphones, mixers, recorders, podcasting, and wireless. Whether you're looking to rent or buy sound equipment, are working at a church, feature film, a television show, podcast, theater, or a student project, Gotham Sound is here to serve you. With a huge selection of new and used gear, it's your first stop before you buy. Gotham Sound has the pro audio you need to make your project sound true professional. Gotham has been around for 18 years perfecting pro audio. Visit us at GothamSound.com. Christians in Action Missions International is actively accepting applications from those desiring to win the lost at any cost. We've been sending long-term missionaries throughout the world for 62 years. We emphasize intentional personal evangelism, equipping disciples, and planting churches among the nations. We empower national leadership to demonstrate and declare the love of God to the unreached. Journey with us as we take the gospel to the world. Log on at cinami.org. That's cinami.org. Or call 559-370-4103. It's the Messiah Community Radio Talk Show. This is Michael James Lauren, your host. Special guest, Dr. Joseph Alton and Amy Alton. Yes, they're married, doctor and nurse. And together, they have the book, Alton's Pandemic Preparedness Guide, dealing with emerging and current viral threats. We need them. And welcome to the program. Well, thanks for having us. Thank you so much. Our sponsors with over 90 years experience in developing audio electronics, Bayer Dynamics stands for innovative audio products with the highest sound quality and pioneering technology. Two business divisions, consumer and installation, provide tailored solutions for professional and private users. All products are developed in Germany and primarily manufactured by hand. From headphones to microphones and conference and interpretation systems. For more information, please visit north-america.bearedynamic.com. And by Vocal Booth to Go carries a complete line of products and accessories specifically designed for voiceover actors, audio professionals, podcasters, producers, and studio owners to help them get professional results for their clients. It's your go-to place for sound treatment, soundproofing, portable, and mobile vocal booths. Visit VocalBoothToGo.com for more information. And Oralex Acoustics has one mission to make you sound your best. Thousands of satisfied Oralex customers have experienced improved acoustics along with free expert advice. Total sound control products from Oralex enjoy widespread use among prominent artists, producers, engineers, and corporations worldwide. Remember, it's not your gear, it's the room. Visit Oralex.com for more information. And great audio starts with great gear. And Zoom's 30-year reputation promises quality and affordability. Visit zoom-na.com today for recorders, audio interfaces, effects pedals, and more. We're Zoom, and we're for creators. I've been listening to CNN, tiring, you know, because you don't always get all the information. I come right to you, and your book is very, very popular, and you have like a gazillion listeners on uh, Blog Talk Radio. You have a podcast, of course, but... Um, are you constantly, I mean, it's amazing you have your voice still. You're probably getting all kinds of uh, fielding questions from everybody about COVID-19. Oh boy, I'll tell you, it has been nonstop. And we also uh, uh, produce uh, packs of medical supplies and things like that, not uh, for 
not only for clients, but also uh, to uh, distribute and donate to local hospitals and, and for uh, missionaries. And it has been just a, a constant, constant thing for us. In the past, uh, our focus had been um, bleeding control kits for uh, places of worship and other areas that might be at risk. Uh, but now just about any place that where anybody can gather can be uh, the site of a pandemic. And so uh, we've written, not only have we written books on trauma and uh, survival medicine but and wilderness medicine, but now uh, we've put together a book specifically about pandemic preparedness. Did anybody ever think like, you know, you're a little too into this and then until, until now? <laughs> now everyone's <laughs> like, you know, I'm so glad you're too into this because we can't get enough information. But well, how is this always on, on your radar? You always had this on uh, the pulse of uh, pandemics and, and uh, preparedness. And can you talk a little bit about your background? Yes. Well, I'm a fellow of the American College of Surgeons and American College of OBGYN. And Amy is a nurse midwife and a nurse practitioner. That's right. And uh, we have, over the last decade or so, uh, basically devoted ourselves to getting people prepared for any kind of disaster where help may not be on the way. I mean, there are a lot of situations where the ambulance may not be heading in your direction if you are in trouble. And that can happen in everyday life. It can happen in disasters uh, like Hurricane Katrina, for example. We had hundreds of medical personnel and all sorts of equipment heading right into the hurricane area, even before the storm was completely through. And many of them found that they couldn't reach the people that needed them the most because of flooding and other other obstacles. And so what we decided is we would have our own mission. And our mission is to put a medically prepared person in every family so that there'll always be somebody that's available to take care of issues, whether it's trauma, whether it's sickness, infection, uh, anything that yes. you might imagine. I like that. That's one step up from in my family where, the, you know, someone had to know where the Band-Aid kit was. And that, <laughs> this goes a little further. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, you know, and I, I love it. And again, it says in Alton First Aid Guide, it says in the back of your book, infectious disease has been the bane of mankind for thousands of years, but antibiotics have made large-scale epidemics with bacteria much less likely. The next great pandemic, therefore, will be viral. Are you prepared to weather an outbreak of a deadly virus in your community? Well, we're learning in real time. Are you amazed, though, how this plays out? I mean, as far as uh, uh, it's, it's kind of like a story that has yet to be told. We're, we're seeing it in real time, but yet you're aware of certain things that most people are not. Is that right? Well, we have been monitoring all sorts of international uh, uh, health lines, uh, Doctors Without Borders, other people like that, that have their finger on the pulse of what's going on, even in areas where it may not be that developed. And on January 7th, I came across an article uh, from a Chinese uh, uh, news outlet that said that there were a there was a mysterious new pneumonia that had about 60 cases of uh, pneumonia. And sure enough, it turns out that it it was indeed COVID-19. It actually didn't even have that wow. name at, back then. Now it's called the SARS-CoV-2 is the virus that turned out to be the cause of those, well, early cases. And, and now, well, gosh, it's a lot more. Absolutely. Now, I just want to say we did start our preparedness path not only 
because of Katrina, but also because of some threats of possible terrible pandemics over 10 years ago. We've mm. seen a history of things happening and Joe and I had a discussion. He's a real history buff and he knows his history really, really well. And we started discussing, you know, the current status of, of today's world in relation to the pandemic flu. Absolutely. I, I'm sorry, the Spanish flu and what would happen in today's world with our travel and our ability to spread these types of things if they were transmissible to far, far places away from where it had started very, very rapidly. So we discussed this over 10 years ago. And we found so many viruses that wound up coming across, actually coming across oceans just in the last few years. We had the swine flu in 2009. We had uh, SARS in 2003. We've had uh, Ebola in 2014, Zika virus in 2016. We've written books about actually a number of these uh, epidemics, separate books about each one of them. And uh, never before though, right? I think when you see something like this and people's eyes are, I mean, boy, has this really disrupted the whole world. And we're going to talk in just a bit. We're going to be right back with Dr. Joseph Alton, Amy Alton, and uh, they're the experts on the subject of pandemics and uh, preparedness. Alton's pandemic preparedness guide right after this the world and everything in it delivers sound journalism grounded in god's word through a daily 30-minute podcast from essential headlines to feature stories to international news straight from the field after only one or two listens you'll wonder how you got through your daily routine without it listen anywhere you typically enjoy podcasts or by going to wng.org slash podcast. Start your fragrance line and make money with bostonperfumery.com. Design custom cologne or perfume using natural ingredients. Imagine 10% butterscotch, 20% sandalwood, and 70% vanilla dark. Choose any scents and any percentage from the Boston Perfumery Sun Chart, then name your custom fragrance. Visit bostonperfumery.com. Again, bostonperfumery.com. Everyone deserves a signature scent. Every day, over three and a half million children walk, bike, and ride to a Christian school. Every day. But many of our schools are in danger of closing. Our Christian schools are too important to our children, to our families, and to our nation to let that happen. Christian School Management at christianschoolmanagement.org is dedicated to the health of our Christian schools. Contact christianschoolmanagement.org to help your Christian school fill and stay filled with children impacting our nation. All right, we're back with Joseph Alton, Dr. Joseph Alton, Amy Alton, dealing with emerging and current viral threats. And I'm so happy that this book, which everybody should get, once again, Alton's Pandemic Preparedness Guide, because it's easy to understand. It's really, you, you break it down so it's very clear. And I do think that everyone should have this book. Um, there are a lot of different topics, of course, we can talk about one. Uh, does it make any sense to have the blame game, which is uh, could the government have known earlier? And does it do any good when you hear the news uh, bashing the president about, uh, you know, being more prepared? And you can answer any way you like, of course. The other, when it comes to the confusion of uh, first, they said it doesn't do any good to wear a mask. And then they say, well, uh, you don't get the good stuff that the people, the hospitals, the you know frontline workers 
Uh, you should have cloth masks. So I have a lot of different questions, of course. What are the main questions, though, that you get from many, many people? I think, Michael, that those are excellent questions that, that you just mentioned. I'll take the second one first. Now, should you wear masks or should you have manufactured surgical masks or N95 masks uh, in your own personal possession? Of course, we have been shamed into believing that you know, that is unfair because we're taking it away from uh, medical workers. Right. But the CDC actually endorses home care for mild COVID cases. Now, mild COVID cases, whether they are mild or whether they are moderate or whether they're severe, they're contagious. And indeed, if there is a home caregiver and you have a home sick room, and just like the CDC is asking you to do is to not take them to the hospital if they're, unless they're very sick, well, guess what that makes you? That makes you a medical worker. And sure enough, the medical yes. worker should have good protection. Now, if it has enough layers, a cloth mask is good protection, but it's not as good as a surgical mask and certainly not as good as an N95 mask. An N95 yeah, I saw mask, someone on YouTube yes, with an aerosol can and showing the different masks, the N95, KN95, a surgical blue mask and the cloth mask. And, it, and the mist just shot right through that cloth mask and I'm thinking to myself, really? <laughs> well, I tell you, it is something that uh, is a problem, but I understand the the practicality of it, of asking people to use cloth masks when there is a limit to the number of medical, standard medical masks and manufactured masks. We have to remember the point of the cloth mask is not to prevent you from getting sick. I, I think that's a, a myth that people have been having. What Joe was just discussing Dr. Alton was taking care in close contact with someone who is currently sick. Those folks, whether you're home, whether you're a lay person or whether you're a healthcare worker should have the professional masks. Okay. That's important. It's just, it's confusing to me and, and frustrating at the same time. Now, again, you know, this is survival. For everybody, you see people who have their legs amputated and who knows how this uh, disease is going to affect people. So I say for just a minute, um, I get what you're saying. And then all of a sudden I'm thinking, uh, let's just say they're bullets flying all around <laughs> every day. And they say, well, we just want the, the life, you know, the bulletproof vest for the police officers, but for right. everyday people. And, and somehow I can't get my head around that, that so, those cloth masks, it, it, they make a, a fashionable statement but 30% as far well, as yeah, not, the, as the, the, not, right. not as good. But We're talking about a virus that can get in. <laughs> yeah. And so the, the paranoid uh, person and the jaded person in me says, you know, we all need the good stuff, but I do hear what you're saying and, uh, and those guidelines and so forth. Um, so as far as where we are in the government and the preparedness that you see happening in society and how different governors are rolling things out. Are you shaking your head on CNN when you see some governors are doing this and some are doing that? Or how would you, uh, you know, if you were president, what would you do? Well, I'll tell you, it would be good to have a, a national policy because if you look at 50 different states, you have 50 different plans for reopening. Now, it is difficult to get it right. And I don't envy President Trump for what he's having to go through. I mean, think about it. If if he reopens too early, then he's going to get blamed for every COVID death that occurs after the date that he reopens. If he if he keeps people on lockdown too long, he's going to get blamed for the next Great Depression. 
And so I think there's actually no way that he can win, even though he may, he has the best of intentions in my opinion that, but I think that if we had an, a national policy, I think it probably would be better and it would depend on what's happening in the specific area that you're in. Now, there are a lot of areas in this country that are not in the midst of an outbreak and could have been open possibly this entire time. And indeed, we may have had less of an effect on the economy if, if indeed we were able to keep an eye on that. Now, of course, People are saying that, well, we're not testing enough. We're doing a pretty good job of testing, probably 4% of the population. If you look at all sorts of different countries, they, we really don't see people uh, at that percentage really showing up with, their pot, with a positive or negative uh, test. You know, we're really trying to work on put, putting together good antibody tests and good positive negative tests, tests that you can rely on. It's just not something that we have uh, going right now. Dr. Alton, how does, um, how does COVID-19 surprise you? As much as you know about, we'll talk about bats and contagiousness and all that, and, and the pandemics, uh, people are reading about it more than ever, also on Netflix and documentaries. But where does this begin to surprise you as far as what you're seeing in real time? Well, I'm surprised that we haven't... Uh, been able to admit to the number of cases that there are. I think that we have a lot of cases. We don't particularly show every case because there are such a variety of symptoms. Some people have GI symptoms. Most people have this, the classic symptoms of cough and shortness of breath and fever, but there's all sorts of different symptoms. The, the CDC itself has added a variety of symptoms, probably a half a dozen additional symptoms and and even diarrhea now is one of the symptoms that may be associated with COVID-19. So that surprises me. And also what surprises me is that we're seeing more kids that are yeah. having all sorts of unusual symptomatologies that uh, can be very dangerous. for them. Right. It's like we can't pin this thing down. You, you can't give it three or four or five or six symptoms. Every time we turn around, Oh, well, it could give you headaches. Well, it could give you shortness of breath. Well, it could give you diarrhea. It could give you nausea. It's just, it's a never ending list. Now we're hearing strokes in children. Um, a lot of heart attacks are saying could have been COVID-19 related that people hadn't been tested, but they had cardiac problems and just died at home. So it's just, it's just, it, it is it's a little freaky that we can't pin this thing down. Yeah to just a handful of things. Like you can't really the flu. The flu kind of has a picture. Well, this just doesn't have a picture. And it, it's, it, it just is freaky. And it changes every day, Michael. I, as a matter of fact, today, if you read uh, the news headlines, you'll see that the CDC has, has decided that indeed that the coronavirus does not spread easily from touching surfaces, surfaces or objects, whereas just the day before yesterday, we thought indeed that touching surfaces can actually cause things to be contagious. Right, and then touching sure, your face. But today the, today, the Centers for Disease Control and Protection say that the virus does not spread easily from touching surfaces or objects. My goodness. Great news. So much. <laughs> Which <laughs> well, is great news, by the way. It is. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. true. It's, uh, you know, every time you go to the supermarket, you have to wipe down your bags, or maybe you need to do that still. I don't know. But we're going to talk more with uh, Dr. Joseph Alton, Amy Alton, who's a nurse, and Alton's 
Pandemic Preparedness Guide Dealing with Emerging and Current Viral Threats, you need to get this book because it's easy to understand and it will address all the questions that you have about uh, pandemics, COVID-19. We'll be back right after this. God has designed you for a unique purpose. Get equipped for God's call with a degree from Clark Summit University. Choose from undergraduate and master's degrees available completely online in programs like business, counseling, Bible, and education. For some programs, it's possible to earn your degree in as little as two years, or you can complete the degree you previously started. See if you qualify for a tuition discount. Answer God's call on your life and become a Christ-centered, career-ready graduate. Go to clarksummitu.edu slash podcast. That's clarksummitu.edu slash podcast. Sennheiser has been continuously setting trends in the audio industry. Wherever people care passionately about recording, transmitting, or playing sound, Sennheiser will be there. Artists, disc jockeys, scientists, sound technicians, or demanding music lovers, the Sennheiser name always stands for premium products, headphones, microphones, and all-around audio solutions. The ultimate in sound quality. Sennheiser. Okay, back with Amy Alton and Dr. Joseph Alton, husband and wife, nurse, doctor. That's a cool combo. Yeah. It is. We love it. We certainly have a lot in common. We can have good conversations. Yes. And and by the way, you probably talk about this a lot, right? The the pandemics that are. Oh, yes, we do. Every every day. Every day. It's 24 7. Right, let me ask you, right, is this kind of like, do you watch uh, the news, the CNN? Do you like the, the coverage? Do you think it's it's accurate coverage, whether it's CNN or Fox? And uh, do you watch some of the, I don't know, you know, Andrew Cuomo and President Trump? And what do you think? Well, we have watched a lot of a lot of that, and we try to keep up to date. And uh, unfortunately, I think that every network has its own um, spin on things. And I think we'll find out that the the truth about what's going on is usually somewhere in between uh, what you see on some of the stations and compared to some of the other stations. I, I think that that's one of the things that's the most frustrating to me is that it, it was very hard for us to get the the real truth out of it. And we have to actually figure it out on our own. Luckily, what we're part of our mission is to try to put out that truth. And put it out in plain English so that everybody can identify what's going on. Well, before we get into the breakdown of the book, of course, Alton's Pandemic Preparedness Guide, and a lot of people are, you know, they rely so heavily on the news. You got to get this book because once you have it, it it really covers everything. Beautiful pictures that some very graphic pictures, you know, but it's it's all there for people to understand. Before we do that, Amy, I want to ask you a question. Of course, there was a Governor Cuomo and he had people, because of the shortage, and it is a, a pandemic, he thought people should go into a nursing home that have, <laughs> and if you being a nurse and a caregiver, uh, what do you think of that idea? And, uh, you know, what do we do with the shortages that you see? And how does your heart go out to, uh, the, you know, lack of masks still and other things? Uh, how would you like to be? Are you in that situation now? No, we're actually not actively working. We have active uh, licenses, but we're not doing that. We've really dedicated um, our lives 24-7 to educating people about taking care of themselves in a dire situation, emergencies, pandemics, floods, hurricanes, tornadoes, fires. Something's come across. You can't get to healthcare or healthcare can't get to you. 
and you need to take care of yourself. So that's been our focus for the last that decade. That has been our focus. Now, as far as the nursing homes, I think that is the worst place for anyone or the most fearful place that anyone could be right now. I think they've been low on the totem pole for being able to get um, protective gear. Sadly, they don't have big budgets. Most of the people who are there are barely able to pay hardly anything. And so the funds that these nursing homes have are, are usually very limited. I'm sure there's, there's some posh ones out there with some rich folks in them and they're doing just fine, but that's not the norm. And it's really not a great place to be right now. It's very sad. It's sad for the people who work there who didn't want to get sick, who didn't want to transmit this to their, their people that they take care of, you know, People who work in nursing homes, I think for the most part, really have a dedication and a love for older folks. If you don't, you usually get weeded out. But that's a lethal but, combination, isn't it? COVID-19 well, people in the, in the yes, nursing home? Or is that a good idea? Yes. I, think that, uh, I think the Governor Cuomo made a, really dropped the ball on that yes. one. And I think that uh, uh, he's certainly paying the price. He's gotten uh, criticism, uh, uh, even in the media, that is usually favorable to him. Uh, because of that, and in, indeed, it has cost some people their lives. Yeah. Uh, we we have to realize, though, that we're learning about this more and more about this virus every day. But it's a basic thing that you don't put people with contagious diseases in the similar facilities as people that are nursing home patients. Especially the ones that are the most vulnerable. How does your book, how do we break this book down? Because once again, like I was just uh, kind of like a breath of fresh air. The minute that you open up, you really explain it. And it makes you more and more interested. As much as we're hearing about the pandemic, COVID-19, you know, you think we'd be bored of it here. But your book makes it very, very interesting as it prepares people. Also, I like the larger print. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> you're very welcome. In the, yes. in the book yes, and, the, we... and, and also the, the pictures. But uh, how do we break it down? And how would you uh, tell our audience and the people who need to know about this book? What would you tell them? Well, the first thing we do is we make the case for being medically prepared in general. The, the truth of the matter is, with regards to masks, if you have been listening to our podcasts and listening to our videos or watching our videos and reading our articles and our books, you would have already had a, a pretty good quantity of those items in your medical storage. And that's what we're trying to do is we want people to have a medical storage so they'll have some tools to work with if they find themselves in a situation where hospitals aren't accessible. It's not just about COVID. This particular book is about viruses though. And so we talk about not only COVID-19, we talk about uh, influenza, we talk about hepatitis, everything that is, is viruses. We talk about everything from the very basic structure of viruses, whether viruses are actually alive. Remember that they cannot reproduce, they cannot activate until they manage to get inside a host cell. And so they stretch the very definition of life itself. We talk about how they they multiply, how they replicate, and we talk about the origin of viral research, I think, which was really, really interesting. We compare them to bacteria. We talk about all the different ways they're transmitted, including one of the most common ways, which is by complacency, by us not really paying attention to the things that we do every day, such as touching surfaces or sneezing into our hands and then touching our face, uh, it, it's, or, or making sure that we don't teach kids to do that. 
that that's so important. If you see people touching their face, they are basically exponentially increasing their chances of getting infection. We talk about different types of immunity, and we talk about uh, how, what the difference is between an epidemic versus a pandemic. We give some examples of some pandemics in the past, and we talk about all the various coronaviruses. There are several different strains of coronaviruses. You may be surprised to know that four different types of coronaviruses actually make up about 15 to 25% of all common colds. Wow. So it's not just SARS and it's not just uh, uh, COVID-19. Uh, it, it is, there, there are coronaviruses that don't even get a name, but are responsible for millions of cases of the common cold every year. I think you guys being the- a doctor and a nurse, I mean, you have to keep each other honest. Uh, 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 you wash your hands? Oh, yes. <laughs> you know? So many times. Uh, there's not a room in this house that doesn't. There's not a room in this house and not a constantly not a vehicle that we own that doesn't have lots. We have hand sanitizer yeah. probably about every three feet in this house. <laughs> yes. I'm not kidding because I've bottled it. I I recognized this early and I started stocking up on things um, again to give away to put on the store to to have. And um, one of the things I got was um, gallons of hand sanitizers. Wow wherever I could find them. And what I've got now is plant-based because the isopropyl alcohol is a worldwide shortage. But what we do have a lot of in this country is plant-based alcohol. Mm. So now they're allowing that to be used. So I have some plant-based alcohol and I'm mixing tangerine essential oil with it. So wow. it smells better and works better. I like it. <laughs> and what, what's your address? I'll swing by. I'm, I'm yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it smells <laughs> wonderful. Come on down. <laughs> I really, I really, I'm low. I'm, you know, and then you don't see, how did it feel at the beginning where there's no toilet paper? That was probably even the scariest. <laughs> you would think that the virus itself, but what do you mean? You have no toilet paper? That was scary. It is something that, if, Who knew? If, Who knew the toilet paper actually, was just going to disappear? Actually, yeah. Can that, you make it toilet is amazing. paper too? <laughs> it is amazing, but these are some of the things that we actually have been talking about for, for over 10 a years. decade. That you should have. Toilet paper has always been on our list of, of things to buy, as well as your food and your water filtration and all of the things you might need, let's say, if you were out camping. You just imagine not having electricity and not having a stove and and what are the things you need? So we we have all of that. We've had it for we, a long time. Okay, so when we come back, we're going to touch upon that. We're going to find out the things that you may have in your closet, in your pantry, uh, in your home that could be useful for this pandemic, COVID-19. Of course, you want to get the book, which is Alton's Pandemic Preparedness Guide, Dealing with Emerging and Current Viral Threats. We're going to learn a lot more right after this. God has designed you for a unique purpose. Get equipped for God's call with a degree from Clark Summit University. Choose from undergraduate and master's degrees available completely online in programs like business, counseling, Bible, and education. For some programs, it's possible to earn your degree in as little as two years, or you can complete the degree you previously started. See if you qualify for a tuition discount. Answer God's call on your life and become a Christ-centered, career-ready graduate. Go to clarksummitu.edu slash podcast. That's clarksummitu.edu slash podcast. Okay, Amy Alton, nurse practitioner, Dr. Joseph Alton, husband and wife duo, and they're very well known. Uh, Speakers, podcasters, YouTubers, check them out, as well as contributors to leading survival 
uh, homesteading magazines like American Survival Guide and Survivor's Edge and Backwoods Home. And they've written this book, Alton's Pandemic Preparedness Guide. So you were talking about earlier, people have things in their home. And uh, what are some of the things they can use? Because you mentioned the shortages of hand sanitizer, even alcohol wipes or Clorox wipes. What can we do or make ourselves? Well, I'll tell you one thing with regards to disinfecting, one thing that everybody has probably in the house is some bleach, some simple chloride bleach. And if you take that and you, you put one part of bleach into nine, uh, nine parts of water, you'll have a very strong uh, disinfecting solution that you can use on surfaces that you could put uh, on just about anything, not a, you can't ingest it, please, and and you <laughs> should you. put it on your skin because it's going to irritate your skin, but it's going to keep those surfaces clean, surfaces that people might be coughing on, sneezing on. You want to really make sure that you're getting those, those surfaces as clean as you possibly can. And one thing that everyone has is a room, and that's the thing. You just have to realize that there are circumstances, if if you're in an area where an outbreak is really bad, then the hospitals will be overwhelmed. They're going to be crowded, overwhelmed, understaffed, and everybody there is going to be contagious. And so you're going to want to stay home, but if you have people that are sick, you're going to have to have a room that will give them the best chance of getting better while keeping the rest of the family healthy. And so you have to isolate them. And so that's why I tell everybody to put together a sick room in their home. The CDC is telling you that you may have to give home care and enforces the idea of your giving home care. Well, you need to have a room that's going to be appropriate to do that. And so you want a room at one end of the house, as far away from common areas as you possibly can. You want to make sure that there's not a lot of traffic going by. You don't want the kids running through there. You don't want it right next to the kitchen, if you can, if at all possible. And you want a room that has good ventilation, good lighting. But in some circumstances, you may not, you may want to actually tape up the duct tape if you have, uh, with duct tape, the uh, uh, ducts, because with Central air conditioning, if you have a room where there's a lot of virus sort of floating in the air, it can go throughout the entire house unless you cover the ducts. Can you so, do anything with like peanut butter and jelly? Nothing like that. I'm stocked with that. But Well, we good. Well, I, you know what? Then you're going to last. You're, you're ahead of 99% of the rest <laughs> of the population in the United States, Michael. Wait, oh, my lots goodness. Of canned tuna fish is a good thing. <laughs> Crackers last much longer than your, mm -hmm. your bread. But things for the um, sick room that, that a lot of people don't think about stocking for when they're back on the shelves is get a lot of those hand sanitizers, bottles of alcohol, um, biohazardous waste bags are not a bad idea. If you're planning on possibly having to take care of someone who's sick, you're going to want some place to dispose that. Uh, lots of tissues, which we're all remembering now that the shelves are em empty. Soap and mm. water. Oh, Make sure you have I, the bleach. One thing I want to say is you want to dedicate utensils, eating utensils for the sick person. So you you want to generally, it, if you can, make sure they have their own bedding, make sure they have their own utensils. Now, of course, every every virus is, is different and some are more contagious than others, but uh, we assume the worst has happened and you've got a very contagious disease on your hands. You want to really sort of keep those utensils wash them separately, wash clothes separately, things like that. I'd like to talk about prevention of this. 
we're eating healthy, making sure we're drinking lots of water, mm. taking a walk around the block. Our, we can't go to a gym. Um, and Joe and I are not in the shape to go to a gym, but we are taking walks, getting some fresh air. Well, that's why you go to gym. <laughs> you go yeah. get in shape. Yeah, I, I know, right? I, I say know. the same thing. I'm not in shape to go to the gym. That's why people go. But, uh, <laughs> that's funny. I want to ask you, though, that um, how do you feel about the tension that's taking place between uh, being on the side of caution of course, you could see the frustration for the government and also for people who want to go back to work and all that. So you see that, that everybody wants to to go back, but also people are, are scared. And so how do we deal with that uh, that tension there? It's difficult. There's a constant battle between public health and civil liberties, the right to work, the right to uh, feed live, your feed your family, the right <laughs> to go out to eat at a restaurant, things like that. And and it is a diff- it's difficult to really make that balance. As I mentioned before, you're sort of darned if you do and darned if you don't, because if you do too much too early, there may be, you may have a slightly higher, you may have a higher chance of, of catching the infection. Now, luckily for most people, the infection is not going to be uh, something that is life-threatening, but it's still a number, a larger number of cases. And in situations where you need to make your salary and you need to go out and reopen, do the things that you need to do uh, and get to work. Well, I mean, that's something that has to be, has, has to occur. You have to be able to reopen and you have to, we just have to start opening up our country again. And what you know about preparedness, of course, your guide, uh, Alton's Pandemic Preparedness Guide, what kind of ratings would you give, uh, you know, the administration now as far as what they've done? Uh, You saw this coming a long time. People didn't want to hear about pandemics so much, maybe. Uh, What kind of ratings or what grade if you were to grade? uh, I I think they've done the F. (laughs) I think they've done the best that they possibly could do. With, with regards to this situation, you just have to know that there's no way that you can win with regards to this. You either are reopening too early or you're locking down too long. And so I can't give, I can't give a grade because... I'm going to give a grade. You are going to give a grade. I am going to give right. a grade. All right, here we go. I'm going to give a B plus because they, I'm giving a B plus because we don't have many more dead that I thought we were going to end up having. They did finally get on the boat with the mass. I was concerned when the um, head of the HHS came out with his little tweet or text or whatever it was that said, you know, the public does not need to wear masks. That really made me mad. The funny thing is that- And I'm supportive of the administration. I'm just going to be blunt about this. I've been very supportive. I voted for Trump. I'm not going to hide that. But- I have watched what they've done. I was a little concerned they didn't tell people to put masks on earlier. Mm. I think we could have probably, especially New York City, yes. was very lax. Matter of very, fact. very lax about what they were doing, telling people, oh, go to the theater, mm. go to Broadway, go out to dinner, do all this. And, and we already knew, Joe and I already knew, this is not what should be done. Do you mm. remember the, the name of the article that we put out the day after he said that? It was called... If you're not wearing a face mask, you're nuts. Yes, exactly. Wow. And so, so we've watched some of these missteps and, you know, it's been concerning and, you know, you want to raise your hand and say, no, you guys, if we just put the masks on sooner rather than later, we might help stop this faster. 
And then, you know, there was the, oh, well, we're going to tell people not to wear them because we want to save them for the healthcare workers. Well, that's not true. You can wear a mask so that the asymptomatic people don't breathe on each other. We knew this back, well, 10 years ago, we knew this. Speaking of which, that mask, uh, I was going to say, President Trump, should he wear a mask? Is that a good example? I think that he has protected himself enough. I think all those people around him are being tested. If he goes into a facility, a restaurant, a factory, I believe that he should be wearing a mask, but he's yes. being tested daily. You you have to understand the people who are surrounding him are just like, can you imagine how many tests he's had done? I, yeah, I, even I'm so, sh- it's gone into the White House, though. Somehow it's yeah. made its yes. way. It's really a, an amazing thing. And I guess in remaining words and thoughts, uh, where do you see this headed? I mean, if you could write the script before we actually see it on the news, Fox, CNN, what's going to happen? Well, what's going to happen is we're going to see a slow decrease in the number of new cases, a probably flat number of deaths as a percentage of cases. And remember that the true number of cases, and I haven't said this on on your uh, show yet, the true number of cases is at least 10 times the amount that is being broadcast because we simply do not have enough testing as of yet. That's not anybody's fault. There wasn't even a reliable test until recently uh, available at all. So one thing you should know is that the death rate is probably not as high as the percentage that it count. It shows about 2% is what it's showing. It's probably much less than that because there are probably 10 times as many cases, many of them asymptomatic or many of them very, very mild. So that may be not, they may not be the case in some countries, but in the United States, I believe that is the case. And um, I just really think that this is going to be a, and this is, this may be a, a, a shock to prediction. some of the, some, uh, this is my prediction. Go for it. Is that I believe that this is going to be a yearly thing yep. that there will, there will be a vaccine of sorts or a shot of sorts or a treatment of sorts that will be available. And you're going to be here announcements every late fall to early spring. It's Corona season. Have you had your Corona shot yet? Mm. Just like they do with the flu. If it is seasonal and we're not even sure if it is. This may not act like the flu does and, and kind of die down in That's the summer. True. Our numbers may be going down because we are actually doing social distancing, not because this is, you know, somehow not happy in the in the heat. Right. Having said that, coronaviruses do indeed have a tendency to get better and or to to die off in hot weather. But the truth of the matter is, is that this virus has not acted like coronaviruses right. always do. And so it is, it's a new, new thing for us. It's a mystery and we don't know. My thing is, I think it's going to sort it's going to wane. You're going to see uh, a big drop off of cases in a a few months, and then it's going to start up again in the fall. It's not going to just magically disappear though, right? No, no, it's not, it's never going to magically. (laughs) Waves of it. And if it mutates enough to where the vaccine that we do create is ineffective after our enough mutations, we're going to have to come up with vaccines every year, just like the flu. And you'll say, okay, it's time for my coronavirus vaccine. And I feel like I'm be- talking to like Nostradamus and his wife, you know, because you, yeah. guys well, we, to paint you, that ha- picture. you have to understand how much we have talked about this, probably more hours than anyone's talked about any yes. other subject in 10 years. And we've yes. thought about these things. Right. And for 10 years, we've, it's, <laughs> we, if, for 10 years, we've been a, a sort of a lone voice in the vast yeah. wilderness, you know, but <laughs> no, no, no more. People, people are beginning <laughs> to listen now. And I, 
And I, I think it's going to save lives down the road. Yeah, it'll be interesting. We'd love to have you on again because there's so much information. Once again, people should buy the book Alton's Pandemic Preparedness Guide. Easy to understand, but it covers everything. Dealing with emerging and current viral threats. Joseph, Dr. Joseph Alton, his wife, nurse practitioner, Amy Alton. And I'll be calling for the, uh, for the masks and the, uh, well, you know, the hand sanitizer. I'll be by your home. And I'll load up. And, Come uh, on by. You're always welcome, Michael. Well, you're you're a real blessing. Once again, it's Bloom and uh, what's what's your website? It's it's doomandbloom.net. Doom stands for the disasters and other negative things that can occur in our life. And Bloom is the human being's natural resilience in the face of adversity. And we're going to get through this. Yeah, the Altons are on a mission to put a medically prepared person in every family. Thank you so much for joining us and for being on the program. It's been an honor. You're Thank so you. welcome. Thank you for inviting us. It's been a blessing. Our sponsors with over 90 years experience in developing audio electronics. Bayer Dynamics stands for innovative audio products with the highest sound quality and pioneering technology. Two business divisions, consumer and installation, provide tailored solutions for professional and private users. All products are developed in Germany and primarily manufactured by hand. From headphones to microphones and conference and interpretation systems. For more information, please visit north-america.bearedynamic.com. And by Vocal Booth to Go carries a complete line of products and accessories specifically designed for voiceover actors, audio professionals, podcasters, producers, and studio owners to help them get professional results for their clients. It's your go-to place for sound treatment, soundproofing, portable, and mobile vocal booths. Visit VocalBoothToGo.com for more information. And Oralex Acoustics has one mission, to make you sound your best. Thousands of satisfied Oralex customers have experienced improved acoustics, along with free expert advice. Total sound control products from Oralex enjoy widespread use among prominent artists, producers, engineers, and corporations worldwide. Remember, it's not your gear, it's the room. Visit Oralex.com for more information. And great audio starts with great gear. And Zoom's 30-year reputation promises quality and affordability. Visit zoom-na.com today for recorders, audio interfaces, effects pedals, and more. We're Zoom, and we're for creators.